0: ripping bonnets um hello and welcome to ripping bonnets this is where you guys talk (laughs) we are
1: your hosts kristen jessica uh
0: and i am leanne uh guys i'm really excited to be doing this podcast with you
1: me too i am thrilled i've wanted to do this for so long
0: let's i guess tell people about what what is what are we talking about in this podcast Ripping Bonnets
2: is here, I think, to do a few things. Number one is just to educate you, our listeners, about the exciting genre of Amish romance, which I was woefully unaware of until... Yeah, a lot of people 30s. don't know.
1: A lot of people don't know. Tell yeah, the people.
2: I, I feel like I really missed out with all of the years of my adolescence. spent reading trashy romance novels, there was an entire genre that Are you? flew right by me
0: only aware of this genre through your relationship with us?
1: I am, in fact. Oh, wow. Really? So you yeah. never heard of this before? Mm-mm. Okay. And Leah, were you were you aware of this before I I brought it to your attention? Oh, yet? yeah. Or you were, yeah, okay. this was
0: in... I think I became aware of Amish romance as a genre sometime in high school. Did you? I, okay. I definitely remember um, a girl I went to high school with was really obsessed with them. Really? Okay. Yeah, and I would have seen them... Like for sale in local bookstores, okay, for right. sure, and on the Turnpike. So, <laughs> uh, where for our listeners, we are going by first names only and trying to protect our identities, um, lest the fans of Amish romance come for us. But which there are many, believe it or not.
2: Shockingly enough,
0: I grew up uh, what I'll call Amish adjacent. So. Uh, not steeped in the Amish media or particularly close to it, but just close enough that um, I think the people who shop in bookstores where I grew up are the core audience of Amish, mm-hmm. Amish romance novels. And what I think that we should make very clear here is that the
2: readership of Amish ro- romance novels are not themselves Amish. No.
1: I think that's a really important point, yes.
0: No, because they don't know how to read, is that correct?
1: um well <laughs> I, in English a lot of times yes it is correct it's yes.
0: actually true yeah
1: yeah. As, yeah and then let's um Jessica you were the expert among us um I I mean comparatively probably yes so yeah. I I too did not grow up in Amish country um but I've worked um within an Amish community for probably six or seven years at this point in the medical field yeah so you have intimate knowledge you could say that, yes. A way that many people do not. <laughs> yes, you could say that. So um not only not only have I worked with them in that capacity, but um definitely have Amish neighbors and uh, have a couple that I would I would consider friends. I mean we have um we have an Amish family that like makes a lot of our furniture and so um I definitely have kind of a proximity to the culture that a, a lot of people don't.
0: Um yeah, so it's like we have Amish friends, so that's pretty good for
1: us, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can always go. I mean, they probably wouldn't ever appear on this podcast, but in case we ever have any burning questions, I'm sure I'm sure we could get them answered.
0: Um yeah, we can put a little marker, a little parking lot for uh Ask the Amish sessions. Oh, that would be good. Um in which good. in which you find ways to awkwardly ask them questions <laughs> at work and bring it back to us.
1: Yeah, it it won't be it won't be awkward at all. No.
0: No. Um but uh Kristen, yeah to your point about the audience, um, mm-hmm. these are not books written for the Amish. And are they written by the Amish, Leanne? Nor by the Amish.
1: <laughs> Nor by the Amish, no.
0: No. <laughs> Who are they written for?
2: To my understanding, they are written for a slightly more mainstream evangelical Christian
0: audience. That is correct. That Yes, and that's that's been confirmed for us in a book that we're slowly reading, but none of us have completed – um, called Thrill of
1: the Chaste, which uh, I'm really, I'm really upset that, that that should have been our our podcast title, but we it's couldn't a steal it. Title. It's, yeah. it's a really great title. It really should so should good. absolutely be our title,
0: and that's written by. I want to give her a shout out, Valerie Weaver Zercher. She also confirms that in her academic research, that the the audience is is evangelical Christians. And the authorship is also largely evangelical Christians, although that's not always been the case historically. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently in the early days of Amish romance, well, in the earliest one at the turn of the century, it was like written for a general audience, the first book that could be considered an Amish romance, but it was, it was like an indictment of the Amish for being sort of backwards and yeah and it was like written in the 1900s because like there's this like that's this point of time where like people are diverging technically from like the differences between like the Amish and regular folk are becoming apparent and uh and so the author wrote it as sort of like uh, as an example of like back I guess backwards backwards thinking and the Amish have like a insulting dialect apparently in this book um but now they're
1: reified in today's yes. novels
0: yes they're
2: definitely i think held up as some sort of ideal when you read yes. novels.
1: which i think is really interesting because once you you read the the novels if you have even a little bit of proximity to Amish culture, you can pick out certain things where um, it's obvious the Amish would never do. Like, for instance, um, in the first book that we read, they do a lot of quoting of the Bible to each other. Um, The Amish don't do that. They actually find it prideful. And so in in that way, it becomes pretty obvious, I think, that um, this Amish was not written or this novel was not written by Amish people for Amish people.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm really glad to hear they don't do that because that sounds like a really obnoxious way to live your life. Oh my god,
1: it was so infuriating. Could you it's imagine?
0: Terrible reading it in the yeah. book alone.
1: <laughs> like,
0: yeah. every time someone wants advice from their mom, they're like, don't forget Corinthians 13.21. Yeah. And then yeah. Corinthians 13.21 boils down to, you should have a husband. <laughs> Obviously, all of the quotes cited
1: boil down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, actually, that is true. You're a bitter old maid at the age of 22.
0: <laughs> Can we talk about the covers of Amish romance novels?
1: I would love to talk about the covers of Amish Ugh. romance novels because I feel like this is something that I can speak to as well. Um, Describe them. What do they look uh, like? Well, so usually it's like a, a young ingenue, um, maybe 18 max, um, and they're always pretty. And I, I just want to make this clear. Amish women don't typically look like this. Yeah. Um, they don't, especially because their communities are very insular. And so they end up intermarrying within their communities and... Um, a lot of times you'll see a lot of like genetic disorders, which don't typically six lend themselves. Yeah. Six could be six pinkies could be, you know, like a lack of certain body parts. Um,
0: <laughs> no but pinkies.
1: It could be, yeah, it could be no pinkies. Um, <laughs> But a lot of times it just doesn't lend itself to like the traditional ideas of attractiveness. So um, I just think it's really funny that they um, take what is probably, you know, like a poor high school girl who just like wants her first modeling gig and dress her up in an Amish bonnet. And they're like, here, hold this apple and stand in front of this cornfield is basically what happens. Look wistfully into the wheat. Yes, yes. Play with your bonnet strings. Play with your bonnet strings. They're always yeah.
0: fingering their strings. They're always mm-hmm. fingering the
1: strings. Absolutely.
0: There's a lot of string fingering. That could have been our podcast title: string fingering. Do we think about that? <laughs> you know, we, it's this is only our intro. We could still change it. We could change yeah, it,
1: it an, could Or change it could be
0: an episode title. We there be plenty of time.
1: That's true. Depending on um depending on the future books that we cover. It's
0: true. It's actually true. Um, I would like to say that my the Amish have no chins as far as I've observed
1: (laughs) but they yes a lot of them do have um can have like recessed chins
0: yeah I I really rarely see a strong jawline in the Amish and um... there are some
1: though I mean there have been I have come across some Amish men um in in my years working with them where I'm like you know if you just had a normal haircut instead of that bowl cut like the bowl cut I could go for you absolutely
0: Do you think the bowl cut is why there are never men on the cover of the Amish romance novels? Well, it's just, I mean, if you
1: look at traditional, like, traditional romance novel covers, they're very, like, Fabio-esque, and um, Fabio has never had a bowl cut. Why? Because it looks terrible. (laughs) Why? Like, absolutely terrible. Why, you ask yourself? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe you should explore that. Maybe this is the wave of the future.
1: What Amish men on romance novel Amish covers? Amish men on
0: romance novel, Yeah, exactly.
1: <sighs> I'm telling you though, like in in all the years I've been doing it, maybe I've run into three Amish men that I'm like, yeah, you could be attractive.
0: And they're maybe they're convert converts. Maybe they
1: were. they could be. Adopted. I don't know though. They all have very big hands. Ooh, like Ooh. very very big hands. Wow. You like a ladies. nice big hand on a man.
2: Yeah. It's.
1: I mean, I'm talking like I don't know. Their fingers are enormous. I mean, they have to wield a lot of farm implements. Wow. Allah. Oh, that's actually a common misconception. A lot of Amish don't farm. Really? Mm Do tell. Yeah. So farming, especially in certain areas, um, has become um, not very lucrative because of land prices, taxes, things like that. So a lot of Amish um, are kind of um, converting to other things like tourism, tourism. Some of them, like, you know, the Amish people that I know, he has a, a bustling furniture trade, like custom-made furniture yeah. um, that is absolutely gorgeous. Um, absolutely gorgeous. They A lot of them, like, they'll run greenhouses, so oh. it won't be, like, a traditional farm with corn and everything like that. It'll be, like, kind of more a smaller uh, greenhouse operation. Um, restaurants, like the smorgasbord restaurants, which I feel like needs to be an episode in and of itself. There will be a special uh, episode. There has to be. There has to be, because Amish smorgasbords are if you've never been
0: yeah other misconception about the Amish that they eat healthy in any way shape no
1: lots of starch pretty much only starch yeah lots Mm -hmm. of potatoes butters lots of cream
0: is a theme we see in these books repeated
1: unnecessarily
0: intense descriptions of food yes
1: yes Mm -hmm. and also metaphors involving food yeah Like a lot of the metaphors go back to and like not normal food. Like I believe in the first novel that we read, there was uh, a metaphor comparing somebody's skin to the color of goat's milk, which I don't know. I don't know where you'd ever come up with that unless you were trying to write an Amish romance novel.
2: Also, to my (laughs) memory, goat's milk is kind of a sickly gray
1: well, then that's an accurate description of uh, it, an Amish person's <laughs> skin. <laughs> it really depends on the Amish person, I guess. It's just yeah. Sort of off-white, and I wouldn't want my skin to be that color. I don't think. I wouldn't either, but they're not—they're not, they're not um, prideful, so they don't really care what they look like.
0: That description is—it's—it's yeah. um, it's fine with them, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe that's a compliment um your skin is oily like motor oil i like (laughs) my sort of compliment the amish give each other the kind
1: of the kind of pillow talk
0: well speaking of pillow talk that's maybe another thing people should know about amish
1: about the genre it's clean romance yes there's i mean barely even any touching typically Mm -hmm. yes
0: so really the idea of a bonnet ripper is uh nobody's ripping bonnets off in these oh certainly not.
1: no no no, nobody's ripping anything off. There might be an ankle ex- exposed. Yeah. Um, I believe actually in the first novel, um, the the protagonist, she is caught by an Englishman with her hair down while she's oh, drawing yeah. it by the creek. And mm-hmm. like that is, that's probably the most exposed. Big violation. Yeah, big violation. Probably like that would be, you know, like in a regular romance novel, her just sitting there naked, like right in front right. of him. Like her mm-hmm. hair is down. He could see it.
0: Do the Amish wear a... Uh special underwear like the Mormons do I
1: don't know the answer to that and I don't know that I could find out the answer to that to be honest with you
0: just creep on their clothes lines but,
1: oh my god well actually I do sometimes creep on their clothes yeah lines. yeah I'll look more closely next time I'm driving I'll look more closely see if I can see anything that's like underwear look for pantaloons yeah yeah they pro- I mean honestly they probably are pantaloons I imagine god, it sounds hot not sexy, hot. Sorry, I'm like, is warm. over warm. Like, oh, I'm gonna be very sweaty.
0: I'm kind of thirsty over here. Oh <laughs> so, describe this pantalones.
1: Were they lace trimmed? They were take off, your weren't they?
0: Second cardigan.
1: <laughs> take off your cardigan. Take off your second cardigan.
0: <laughs> so fucking sexy. Um, yeah, and there's very little sex, and sex is referred to in like the most demure terms possible Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and also biblical which kind of goes back to the whole um idea of it's more for evangelicals and less for the Amish
0: yeah what also so the thing that makes it for evangelicals there's a lot of bible quoting there's no
1: sex but feelings well certainly no premarital sex no premarital sex definitely for sure. not i wonder i don't know do either one of you know the answer to this maybe we'll find out in future books but are there ever any amish romance novels where the characters get married and then like the second half of the book like w- would that be acceptable like biblical sex like well they... would they describe that or would they still just probably gloss over it
2: well they still wouldn't describe it i'm sure because the book itself could fall into the hands
0: of you know an un- unmarried woman and...
1: that is true. true that is very true Oh, true you would not want to taint her
0: the no. f- first book that we have assigned ourselves to review um she talks about sex at the end of it doesn't she
2: well they they acknowledge that sex exists and they yeah. are going to have it
1: okay. Yes, and but that's where that ends but there is there's is no narration of it there's not even a and they you know you know what they do sometimes not even at a the next end of
2: morning like looking at each other over the breakfast table
1: no, there's none of that. It
0: does yeah. mention a few pages later that she's pregnant. Right, it's close yes. to the end result. Yes, right. I yes. once read an Amish romance novel where um, the main character's sister had premarital sex. Really? And they, I think they described it as having like a tryst by the creek or something. But okay, the description wasn't of the act. It was just the sister's knowledge that, that they'd done it and that mm-hmm. she had and that her sister was now pregnant and like implied to be a fallen okay. woman
1: this or like is... have had this moment of being weak or something like that so it's interesting that you say that because this actually does happen um in that culture I'm where... shocked to hear that the Amish had yeah. premarital sex I'm shocked that human it's... beings Anymore. can't control them. I know. I know. It, do- it shouldn't happen in today's day and age, but it does. And actually, um, I remember at one point, a young Amish couple, um, I think they were 17 or 18, and they had had premarital sex. The, mm-hmm. um, the woman had gotten pregnant, and they were going to quickie wedding, like right before the baby came, and the baby came early. And so uh, that created a little bit of uh, stress within the community. Oh. oh, because the baby coming early blew their cover. Mm-hmm, yep. Well, because then yeah. it was born out of wedlock. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if they could have just like slipped that wedding in, even like the day before, they would have been fine. But it's it it's not a bastard. It, then it's not a bastard. But it was like, it was very strange because, um, you know, the the mom wanted to breastfeed and like uh, the, the father like wouldn't even be there when she did that because he's not supposed to like see her uncovered. Really? Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, that's surprising to me because I would assume that they just view that as like a, you know, like a biological function. Well,
1: they do. So she she would still do it, but he just wouldn't be there when she did because they were not technically married yet. Oh, because oh, they weren't married yet. If they were mm-hmm. married, he would have done it. If, yeah, if they were married, he, he would have been able to stay. Yeah, because it's like too late now. So it's sort of like, why are you... <laughs> Well, yeah, like, I mean, you and I might think that but to them, it's just like, oh, well, and then you just wonder, you're like, well, did, I mean, he might not have ever even really seen them. Like they could have, yeah, you know, gotten pregnant without even seeing each other's, you know, like oh, naked wow. bodies.
0: What if he never got to touch any boobies? That's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. Okay, do we have other things we should cover uh, for the audience, presuming uh, little to no
1: knowledge of this genre? A little no knowledge of the genre well I mean it's it's written at a I mean at least the ones that I have read so far are written at a very basic reading level so even if you're like like we're talking like third grade reading levels so if you flunked out of high yeah. school like you could still follow along yeah, yeah
0: sure. I, I don't know if you guys noticed that but
1: like plot points are constantly reiterated in these books yeah like <laughs> foreshadowing is just like a brick hitting you over the head every single time you're like I wonder when that's gonna happen <laughs>
2: Uh, so I don't think that we should go into specific authors. I think we should say that for when we're doing um, the specific novels. But is there anything common about the authors that we should have? Um, I,
1: I think one of the interesting things is that um, the women that write these novels are typically, they're, they're not Amish, as, as we stated before. Um, but they all have some sort of proximity to the Amish culture. Either they've, like, married somebody that was ex-Amish or a uh, very conservative Mennonite, which there are a lot of similarities, or they've lived close, they vacation a lot, like, in Amish country. And so um, I, I, they kind of immerse themselves in this world and then uh, I think as a result feel like they are able to speak intelligently about it.
0: I think that it's uh, it's like they all have to have – like, if you read their author bios, some piece of street cred. Yeah, it's like cred. Like, buggy cred, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. B- buggy cred, yeah. But it's like the whole I have black friends. Like, oh, yeah. I, know, I know Amish people. I, really? Yeah, exactly. Which is exactly how we justified our uh, our expertise for this podcast. Right. So- well, not me. I don't know anything. <laughs> no. You know, Bruce I did a, no. a
2: play in middle school at um, a large Amish playhouse in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. But that's mm-hmm. it. And that's, that's it. That's the closest I've done.
0: Really? Listen, the I feel okay saying the name of that theater because everybody could easily Google that. The Do it. S- Sight and Sound Theater. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was
2: the Sight and the Sound
0: Theater. A very special place. It still exists. I had to go twice. Twice? I had to go twice. What did you yeah. see there? One was the, like the Christmas story.
1: hmm
0: And uh, at the end of it, you ought to get up. Everybody had to get up and, like, t- like pledge their undying love to Jesus. I th- oh, how that in, in go So for many you? words. I stood. I was like probably like thirteen or fourteen, and I kind of like stood awkwardly by my dad, and <laughs> um, like I was just old enough to feel like I don't really want to say that, but my grandma was there too, so it was a mix of having to be respectful. So my grandma uh, did, didn't catch on that I was going to hell, mm. right? Yeah, um, you, you now, don't want to
1: let your grandmas know that.
0: No, yeah, she didn't. She's she very concerned about that. Rightfully so. <laughs> but I can't remember the two times I was there if I saw many Amish people actually at the theater. I don't know. I don't know. Kristen, do you have a memory?
2: I don't. And we also, due to some um, communication issues and poor planning, it was a, a church field trip, as you can imagine. And my church group seemed to think that we could drive from Brooklyn to Lancaster, Pennsylvania
1: in an hour and a half. (laughs) <laughs> which is not athletes. Can you even get out of Brooklyn in so, an hour and a half? No. no,
2: especially not on a Friday night. So we actually arrived slightly after intermission.
1: Wow. Oh, uh, so you didn't even get the full experience.
2: No. Um, and I certainly did not have time to
1: survey the audience effectively. Wow. We may That's have to it. take a field trip. Um, um, it was,
2: if I'm remembering correctly, it was Noah's Ark, though. So, oh, so you got so the we animals. We get there for the end when there were yeah, just so many animals. On that stage, and that stage yeah. was that was definitely at that point in my life the largest room I had ever been in.
0: It's a big room.
2: <laughs> yeah, because so I I am from as this story is portrayed from New York, and we have very large buildings, but but they're large in an upward sense. We don't have a lot of mm-hmm. floor space. No. Mm. So I had certainly never been in that kind of a cavernous environment before.
1: Um, well, they have to fit all those abused animals on the stage. So yes, yes. yes. Yes, and which always- is also another commonality in the mm. Amish world. They do in love to their animals. Yeah, yep. Puppy mills, carriage horses.
0: I believe that the book we've assigned for ourselves first made mention of something about going to tend to the new batch of puppies. And I, I think I made a little note there about puppy milling. I can't
1: count how many times I've had a friend go, oh, we got our new puppy from this nice Amish family. And I'm like, that's not what you did. You bought a puppy from a puppy mill. No, no, no. We saw the kids. They played with the- Nope. You bought a puppy nope. from a puppy mill. Really? Yeah. That's Don't do that. Are. Don't do that. PSA. Don't do that, people. Um, meth. You can buy meth from them, too. I like my meth from the Amish. They, you know, Rumspringa oh. is an exciting
0: time. That is also a, probably a common Amish misconception about the importance of Rumspringa.
1: Yes, it is not the crazy time, typically, that you think. It, Rumspringa, especially in the conservative Amish cultures, is maybe more a time where they don't wear traditional Amish clothes. Like, they might wear jeans and drive a car, but a lot of them aren't out, like, developing a heroin addiction. That doesn't that doesn't happen all that often.
2: That makes sense, because, I mean, if I myself right now is a non-Amish person who has grown up in a purely secular way, Um, If I wanted to go out and develop a heroin addiction right now, I would not know how to do that.
0: (laughs) Who do you call? So
2: I'm not really sure where these, you know, 16-year-olds that have been, had no interaction with the outside world pretty much and don't have an internet connection, how they would know where to buy drugs.
0: Well, I think what really happens when that happens is it's like somebody left home and they're bunking Mm -hmm. with other ex-Amish.
1: like they did not figure it out?
0: Well, they've been like living kind of rough, mm-hmm. right? Like That's people true. got kicked out or uh, shunned or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the stories I've read, it's like, OK, well, you go, you don't know anybody on the real world, but you do knew, know your friend's cousin. older brother left. Yeah, cousin. So you're going to ha- stay in his trailer. And What's it turns math? out it's math. It's math. They A have meth. Math, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like, I, they, I can completely
2: understand how that would happen. I just can't imagine it being the majority of experiences of Rumspring. No.
1: It's, it's not. Springer yeah. is, is oh, I got an iPhone and I tried to drive this car. <laughs> I tried to drive yeah. the car. Yeah. yeah. Tried. Tried. Because who taught you, really? (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, so a lot of Amish uh, kids especially, like, they know how to use farm equipment.
0: That's true. I guess you would learn to drive from, like, the tractor. So,
1: like, I mean, a a lot of them will, like, you know, still plow fields with horses and buggies. But, like, depending on, like, your individual, like, I I don't know what the word is, but, like, parish or sect or whatever. Yeah. um, There can be, like, more allowances made, especially for, like, elderly Amish. And it's like, you know, I can't really hook up the horses. But if I had a tractor, that would make it easier and, like, certain businesses Bishops will allow them. So um, there is a certain amount of familiarity a lot of times with uh, machinery and stuff like that. So like a car wouldn't be completely foreign, but uh, like a Mustang is very different from a tractor. So Ah, ah, there is still a learning curve. Got it.
0: God, maybe there's um, Amish muscle muscle car fiction out there.
1: I mean, well, Leanne, would you like to discuss um, some of the other genres within the Amish romance Yes. That you found, because I mean, Amish muscle so many, car fiction might not be that far off. So many, shocking many. It
0: turns out you have sort of your precursor to the modern day Amish romance novels, which I think are potentially worth a read at some point. Yeah. Um, then you have sort of like your OG Amish romance canon, which typically is, uh, it's a, it's a series. There's very rarely a standalone book. Um, and they have names like the Brides of Lancaster County or uh, the Heritage of Lancaster County. Then we get into sort of like more uh, niche situations. So there's Amish mystery, um, where the Amish solving mystery is Scooby-Doo style, I guess, in a yes.
1: buggy yes. mystery machine. <laughs> <laughs> Please have flowers painted on the side.
0: And the yeah, and it turns out the culprit was like the Mennonite next door. <laughs>
1: Done <doesn't> mask
0: him. <laughs> Um but then it gets there's Amish young adult, so aimed at the kids, which is great. Um, but then we get into some more what the fuck. There's uh the expectant Amish Widow series.
1: I'm really excited so, for that one. I'm really excited for that one.
0: Yeah. Just themed around being a pregnant widow. That's it and a whole series. How often does this happen, I wonder? Yeah. I I don't know. I wouldn't think that often. It makes me worry that there's a community of pregnant Amish women knocking their husbands off.
1: I mean, it's possible. Because
2: why are are they all clustered together? That is true, they all know each other. As the only woman on this podcast that has been pregnant, I can say the temptation is real.
1: Wow, that's a real insight. That, that is that's, a good point that neither Leanne or I yeah. would know.
2: I mean, I have never had more murderous impulses in my life. and Really? I'm not short on the murderous impulses in general, let's be real
0: here. Really but. isn't every woman who's had a child and expect an expectant Amish widow at heart, is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> so you might find this very relatable. That'll be a yeah, good one maybe. to cover. Yeah.
0: it turns out uh the whole series is just them sitting around being like this is better <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm okay with this we should just have a commune tell fine. the other women yeah we'll we'll just all take care of each other's babies communally and it'll be great it's much
0: better yeah. um then we have what i'm ex- really excited for which is amish paranormal fiction yeah i don't was- how did you even find that Miss Valerie Weaver's Zercher's Thrill of the Chased. Really? Was rattling him off. And I was in my office at work. Boy, I hope my boss doesn't listen to this. (laughs) Taking notes.
1: Okay. (laughs) Just fucking taking notes. So there's at least two. Are there still like a romantic aspect Uh, to the paranormal, the Amish paranormal? I. Well, the
0: one series is vampires, so I'm going to assume yes, because yeah. that's sexy. Oh my god, yes. And yes. Kristen, I believe yeah. you have some expertise on bad vampire fiction. Oh, I have all of the expertise. Yeah.
2: Kristen all has read. Of
0: the expertise on that.
2: Also, oh, I, I need to take a moment here, because as I was taking a sidebar to make sure I had ordered my hard copy of thrill of the chase i discovered another book
1: oh oh tell us
2: us. catholic edition finding fulfillment while keeping your clothes on and i think we have another
0: episode yes
1: Yes. added
0: to the added to the episode idea please. yeah yeah
1: Yeah. yeah. added to the added to the google doc that's incredible the
0: other amish paranormal fiction is the paranormal aspect is actually the angel The angel. An angel. An angel is there. I don't know
1: that Amish believe in angels. I'll have to double check on that one. Sounds wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know that they do that. It's called the Heaven on Earth series. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: Now, and then we have deviant Amish fiction, Amish romance, which is not part of the sanctioned evangelical audience Um, So it's a gay Amish romance series. Yes,
1: I I am also very excited for that one. Which you
0: discovered.
1: I discovered that one, and I also have a very good friend who is very excited to be a guest on our podcast dissecting the gay Amish romance Yeah, and I can't. Honestly, yeah. I can't fucking wait for that one. Either. Yeah, that that I, I'm. I, I feel like we should kind of get our, t- our our feet wet with uh, some of the the more mainstream stuff, but I can't. I can't wait to dive into the to the gay Amish romance because, from what I understand, they actually, um, they actually have uh, representations of sex. It's penetration. Yes, there's there's like these. actual penetration in those books, wow. um, which I I cannot wait to see how they marry, um, anal sex and Amish. <laughs> Do you think they quote Culture. Bible
0: verses at each other? Oh, I
1: hope. Oh, I hope. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm wondering if they even address like the desperate need for lube in those situations because oh, yeah. um, something tells me they don't. I bet um, they use like goat's milk or something. Probably. A lot of probably. Very
0: rarely
2: do I have found. So keep listening to find out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do
1: they use fluffy mashed potatoes as lubricant? Oh, that would be such a waste of mashed potatoes, I feel. Have you ever had Amish mashed potatoes? They are so good. I Not from, only from
0: the smorgasbord place. I don't know if oh, that's. Oh, that's not, no, that
1: no, doesn't count. Not fluffy enough. No, not fluffy
0: enough. The uh, final thing I would like to say, I would like to say, you guys are, uh, if you have other final observations about this that people should know is um, the language uh, learning in the books that takes place when you read the Amish romance novels, the authors love to sprinkle in Pennsylvania Dutch, but um, in line with these things being on a third grade reading level, they don't trust their reader to infer the meaning of even the most basic, basic words. Um, so like what madshin for mother, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it'll be like "madchen" italicized and it'll say hyphen. and It'll be like mother, just so mm-hmm. you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, just in case you were I'm really doing. terrible at context clues.
2: I am also keeping a personal running list because so far I have not encountered any Pennsylvania Dutch words that you could not learn from a Romstein song.
1: Yes, <laughs> that I, I'm, I'm excited for that list, too. Yeah, that looks be
0: good. Maybe that's where they got it. Maybe that's just where they got it. Really Maybe it is. Towards. Somebody
1: should contact them. Yeah. I, should
0: yeah, I think there was definitely an instance where I saw Wunderbar translated. Into-
1: uh-huh. <laughs> Kristen's like, I know that one. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's on um, my list. It's on my list. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I feel like this whole um, series, we have so many, there could be like
1: tallies of times mashed potatoes are called fluffy euphemisms we should keep a tally of uh of interesting euphemisms oh yeah yeah bad
0: metaphors there's bad
1: metaphors uh, these things the bad metaphors are my favorite
0: double negatives they are
2: really big fans of the double <gasps> you're right you know they i didn't notice
1: that it. i did not notice that i'll have now to pay attention. see it everywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: oh you're gonna see it Everywhere <laughs> every page <laughs> um there's also an over-reliance on repeatedly repeatedly explaining like the rules of Amish life to the reader. Mm-hmm. I
1: don't yes. know if you guys noticed
0: that, but it's like, yes. oh yes,
1: you Amish you... don't wear caps or you right. don't let or, her oh, down. Or, oh, you can't take my picture. We think that that is like, yes. that is not allowed. So there, yes, there is like an, an over explanation of everything. But mentioned like, in, like
0: four times. Yeah. In every it, novel.
1: Yes. Yes. Just in case you didn't get the first three.
0: Because the readers of Amish Norance novels are presumed to have traumatic brain injuries <laughs> that prevent them from forming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like long term cognitive connection. <laughs> and
0: some of these have made York Times bestseller list,
2: which
1: it's
0: raises a long really? series of questions. It's a oh, low bar.
1: Is it a low bar? I okay. mean it's based
0: purely on sales, right? So yeah, but how many people are buying these? There like, are graphs in Thrill of the Chase, and listen, Oh, I can't wait. You. I can't
1: wait to crack that open. Mm-hmm.
0: There are there is data on these things. Oh, you probably love that. It's I came when I read it. Yeah. I
1: saw <laughs> Just spontaneously. Spontaneously. I was yeah. on the subway.
0: It was really yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I am too. Do we explains? want to tell everybody oh, what our yeah. first
1: book is? If they yeah. if they would like to read along, it's quick. You can finish it in like an hour and a half. That. yeah tell them okay our first our first book that we we're covering is a merry heart which is book one in the brides of lancaster county series by mm-hmm. uh a, an amish romance stalwart wanda brunstetter yes that wanda, a, yeah. and she's an
2: og she, she is an OG. we'll talk about yeah. her in our in our next episode
1: extensively yes oh. we will cover wanda extensively there's so much to talk about with wanda there, there really is she's so great
0: all right, well, um, let's sign off. We don't have an official sign off, but I'm sure we'll develop one over time. We'll, we'll yeah, come up with something. It. All right. Yes. Is there an Amish word for goodbye? <sighs> Guten Bayern? G-
1: <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with it. Is that Good listeners.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <Guten bayan. laughs> that means goodbye. <laughs> Uh,
0: okay, we'll see you guys next time on uh, ripping ripping bonnets.